Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome back to the Holtcast. Of course, Cole Pedham here as always and we're diving right into an opposition match preview slash normal match preview it's going to be a blend of course so we'll have a little bit of a kind of blurb from a Spurs fan that I spoke to for a few minutes the other day and we'll just tie this into the preview of course it's not just me I don't think anyone wants to hear me go on about one game for 15 minutes if you do then I applaud you because I can't even handle my own voice for that long but nonetheless we do have a guest here and that is Simon O'Regan. Simon, how you doing? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Oh, not too bad, not too bad. Uh, much happier after I vented to you about the situation that happened that I won't <laughs> speak about because I don't want to dig anybody out. But nonetheless, let's dive into this because, of course, Villa play Spurs at Villa Park on Sunday. And Simon, how are you feeling about this one? Because, I mean, we're, we're talking about b- before we even went live for this, I mean... They're potentially crashing out them in Spurs to Dynamo Zagreb in the Europa League and uh, to a hat trick, a wonderful hat trick, if I might, may mind myself. How do you feel about it? it? It's tricky, isn't it? It is a tough one to call. Um, I think, I don't think either team are, in, are particularly consistent at the moment. I think, to be fair, I think Dean Smith has um, highlighted this in the last few press conferences that other than City and Chelsea, there's really no one that's been overly consistent in the last sort of five, six weeks. So it's a tough one. It's a tough one to call. Um, I think Spurs, the fact that they've gone into extra time and they're playing away from home, I'm not sure exactly where in Europe this game has been played, but they they have had to travel for this. So the extra time going out as well, as it looks like they're going to, with the travel back... Um, not sure exactly what what states they're going to be in, um, and with us, we just we're, we're just a bit hit and miss at the moment. So yeah, it's a it's a difficult one to predict. I think on Sunday. Yeah, and I mean, literally at the point of recording, um, I think they're in the 114th or 15th minute right now, and they still have a full lineup. You're looking at Harry Kane, Lucas, uh, Winks. I mean, I could go on and on, and of course, and. It, it's evident to see they do have a, a decent squad nonetheless. So there's probably going to be some rotation you'd imagine. You're going to imagine probably the likes of Bale coming in for this one. Um, I, I don't know the status of him and son. I'm assuming he's going to miss out through injury, but I'm not exactly sure at this point in time, but uh, nonetheless, they're still a very deep squad. And I mean, if you look at the Villa perspective, it's, it's tricky to call. I mean, I guess we'll talk about it right now. Do we think Jack Grealish is going to play? Cause I mean, it, it's, I almost feel like crystal palace. This must, this must be how they feel when it's like Zaha or something like that, really. Cause it just feels like everything goes through him. Doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, I, that, that sort of comparison, I, I do. I agree and disagree with it in, in a weird way. I, I don't think we're 
as much of a one-man team as Palace are with Zaha. I think with Grealish and, and us in the Premier League, it's actually quite a small sample size, really, to look at results with and without him. Um, I, I know like a lot of people are sort of looking at our results under Dean Smith with or without him, but a lot of those were in the Championship and the squad's completely different. Um, so, I, as yeah, I don't think we're as as reliant as Palace on Zaha, but there's certainly no doubt that when he's missing, it, it does affect us. Obviously, it's going to affect us because purely because of just how good a player he is. No, no one is going to be able to come in and replicate exactly what he does. And I think where we've maybe gone wrong a bit in the last few weeks is not tweaking the system to reflect the fact that he's not there. I think going in just and hoping that someone's going to do a light-for-light job is just not going to happen because of, of the difference in class between him and the rest of our squad. So I think that that's something that, that I think Smith certainly needs to look at if he's not going to be available for the foreseeable. But I mean, I think you know as much as me on that. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a tough one because, I mean, doing these before, you're always kind of trying to predict the future, of course, with any kind of preview to see, to maybe give some optimism. Maybe you're a little pessimistic. I'm, I'm just going to say it. I don't think he plays. I think it's just, it's another one of those things where you look at the whole championship run we had before that. And it just, it got dragged out from week to week to week to week. And, Oh, I'm coming back. Oh, I'm coming back. Oh, I'm coming back. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I just feel like we won't see him until after the international break at this point. So I, yeah. I yeah. I, I think the fact that there's, because there's an international break coming up and he's obviously, he's not been included in the squads announcement today as you'd expect with him having been out for the last month I, I, I'm I, with you yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him and they'll hopefully use the next two weeks with no games to worry about to, to just get him back to full fitness for the uh, the running after that yeah and I mean like we were saying before we we're recording I mean some people are kicking off on Twitter that he's not in the uh, international setup which is hilarious because he's been injured so I don't really know what the expectation is there do you want him to sit in the stands to maybe cheer you on or like some questionable photos that have been circulating from time to time <laughs> but uh, nonetheless I mean it doesn't always have to go through him I mean the one kind of positive for this one is it looks like we'll have Matty Cash in full flow and most likely starting hopefully you'd imagine but I also wouldn't be shocked if Dean Smith still just kind of nurtures him and kind of brings him back in slowly but I mean we, we've talked about it with you me and Danny in the past Simon with who's more crucial and of course we can always say Jack Grealish but we've also touched upon how much Matty Cash just has changed that right hand side so what do you think he brings to this game particularly against Spurs if he does start um I, I think the biggest thing we've missed with him as which sounds weird to say from a defender but he, what he offers going forward because I think like cards on the table I am I'm probably too big of a fan of El Mohamedou than, than I should be. Like I, I do love Elmo. And I don't think in the main he's he's done that bad a job since he's come in from a defensive point of view, that is. Okay, we've, we've lost a couple of games, but we haven't conceded. You know, we don't we have it's not like we've suddenly started shipping in goals left, right, and centre since he's come into the team. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I think Cash, what he offers going forward, Elmo just doesn't have that anymore. A few years ago he did. He 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 can offer you that going forward, but 
but he just does now. And Cash, he's so quick. But he's very... It's not just that he's quick. He's actually good as well. Obviously, we all know he started his career as a more forward player. It's only the last year or two he's played in defence. So I think that that has sort of affected us, especially with... If Traore is playing out there uh, on the right-hand side of the front three, being left-footed, he's naturally going to come in. And that's where Cash on the overlap offers a, a big outlet going forward, which we just haven't had in the last few games. So I, I'd expect to see him back. I think Dweek would uh, suggest that he was fit. And I just think we probably thought we don't need him to beat Newcastle just give him another week but I'd, I'd expect him back in uh, on Saturday something rather especially as I think he his pace will help us if like Son is back for Tottenham for example I'd feel a lot more comfortable with Cash Cash out there than, than Elmo up against Son yeah, I mean, the one thing that's kind of sad about Elmo is I just, I love the way he crosses the ball and we've seen so many goals in the past come from that. I just wish we'd see one more before he leaves. So hopefully it happens eventually. It, it just, it'd be a good send off. Um, I mean, if anyone wants to get him on the back of their <laughs> shirt as well, that would be a, a cool tribute as well. But uh, nonetheless, uh, that guys, we'll, uh, we'll move over to the uh, opposition preview right now and uh, with the Spurs fan and uh, we'll be uh, back in a moment. Ricky, how you doing? I'm not bad, Cole. How are you? Uh, not too bad. Not too bad at all. But of course, so let's dive right into it, of course, because we need to get this show on the road. So with, with Spurs' season so far, Ricky, how have you found it? Of course, there's been, I, I guess, a little bit of up and down. But where do you sit with it all? Yeah, it's been a difficult season, to be honest with you, Cole. Uh, listen, Spurs were top of the league over Christmas, over December for a period. And it just seems to all go wrong for Spurs. Jose Mourinho... Uh, a lot of factors maybe going into that. You look at maybe some of Spurs' injuries they've had, but um, I think more than anything, you know, Spurs have struggled to find um, a rhythm. They've struggled to find a consistent 11. Uh, Jose has chopped and changed the team on numerous occasions. And I think like any club, if you want to be among the top echelons in the league and going for the Premier League title in general, you have to have a settled team. And just hasn't quite been like that for Tottenham. The mentality hasn't been there. I just think they haven't got the depth of squad really to compete at the top of the Premier League. Um, but I've got to say, I've been frustrated by Spurs's. How would I word this? I think the, their approach to games has been very difficult to bear at times. I think Spurs are better as an attacking unit than they are sitting back. And I think, you know, Villa are one of those sides that have got real attacking flair. So um, it'll be very interesting to see how Spurs set up against Aston Villa, um, because I think it will be quite an inter- entertaining game on the eye. And I'll be interested to see how Spurs approach that from their perspective. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a tough one to call for us. We still don't really know if Jack Grealish will play. And with how we've been playing of late, we're kind of short of ideas. And in my opinion, I think we're running out of gas right now. And I, it's just one of those cases where we might be one of those teams every year that has a thin squad and can't really cope near the end. But that's still yet to be seen. But nonetheless, on the Spurs side of things here, uh, I have a, a few friends that are Spurs fans. And they always point to your defense kind of being the one area that they hope, especially this summer, uh, might need a little bit of sorting out. Do you agree with that statement at all? Or do you think there's other areas that are more important? Yeah, no, definitely defensively. Um, we're not strong enough. I think that's very, very clear. Um, I, I think it'll be interesting to see, that like I say, how we go into the summer. Because I think what Spurs are after more than anything is, I would say they're after a transformative defender. And what I mean by that is they need somebody um, along the likes of, I say, you know, you look at Man City, who they've obviously picked up in uh, previous windows, 
they've gone out and identified a key target, brought them in, and they've made a difference to the team. Uh, I think Spurs just haven't got that defender at the moment. Obviously, they've had Alderweireld and Vertonghen for quite a long, yeah, they had them for quite a long period. Um, Alderweireld's not the same defender without Jan Vertonghen. Yeah, unfortunately, his legs went towards the end of his Spurs career. And Spurs, you know, we've never really addressed that. You know, I've got Eric Dyer, Davidson Sanchez. For me, they're not quite up to it. I think for Spurs to really move forward as a club, um, they need to find themselves once again a solid centre-back pairing. And I've probably gone on the line of saying, we don't need just one, defender. I think we probably need two. And that's before you look at the situation at right-back, where Matt Doherty, not been a great start for him um, at Spurs. I mean, Wolves, to be fair, maybe he's become such a bigger step-up where he just can't handle it. That's a big concern. And then, um, yes, Serge Uriel. Uh, Serge, like I say, seems to always have a mistake in him. But we also have got an issue about trying to keep him fit at the moment. So um, definitely there's a lot of room to improve, I suppose, in the summer when it comes to signings. Uh, but obviously the question will be, because we're in a pandemic, whether that money's there to improve that team with the amount Spurs need to do. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, if, if we just turn our, our focus back to the game here for a quick little bit, I, yeah. I mean, from your perspective, if you look at this Villa team right now, and especially how we're playing, is there one or two aspects you'd look at and say, you know what, that's where we can focus and that's where we can have success? I would say so, yeah. I mean, I've, I've got to say, I mean, Villa have really impressed me this season. Uh, they really, really have. I've been impressed by the way Villa have approached games with a freedom mm-hmm. and with a belief that they can go into every game looking to get three points. I mean, listen, it's... Premier League's never easy. It's the toughest league in the world. Um, but I think Villa have been a breath of fresh air this season to the Premier League. And um, I'd probably say, you know, Bar Tottenham, um, they're one of the teams I like to watch on the eye. They've got some really good players. Of course, Jack Grealish being the main one. Um, but they've got some exciting players there. So I think we'll be in for a tough, tough game against Aston Villa for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think Daniel Levy is definitely wishing that uh, deal for Josh Anoma and the, I think, 20-odd million or whatever it yeah. was not too long ago about, went through now. Christmas, yeah, the famous deal, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> For sure. But of course, uh, one more thing, actually, before we get to score predictions and rat, uh, wrap this portion up. When you look at Spurs, of course, and I think you had seven wins in all competitions um, in a row, and then, of course, the loss to Arsenal. And I mean, any Derby games just to complete... Yeah. It's a, it's an unknown, but nonetheless, do you think you guys are kind of picking up form when most needed at the end of the season? Where do you see yourself finishing? Honestly, Jock, um, I wouldn't sit there and say we're picking up form. I I mean, I just think Spurs have been in different form all season. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if Tottenham go and beat Aston Villa. Also wouldn't surprise me if we lose, go and lose the game. So, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be very difficult to try and predict Tottenham's season is where it's going to finish. I don't think we'll finish top four. And of course, we've got the League Cup final to come um, in the last stages of the Europa League as well. Um, I would say Spurs are going to probably finish sixth, maybe sixth. I don't think they'll get top four. Um, I think the teams that are above us have got too much quality and will go on a run. And I don't think Spurs have got the quality to be able to go on a sustained run, even though they've obviously had a, not a bad run in the league. But like you saw that Arsenal game, you know, there's always... A situation where Spurs don't seem to show up. And I think between now and the end of the season, um, there's far too many games where we'd be relying on ourselves to perform. And I don't think Spurs can do that, unfortunately. Fair enough. And I guess right before we wrap things up, like I previously said, could I get a score prediction from you, please? You may call. I'm going to go for, I'm going to go for 1-1. I don't don't think Spurs have the quality to to beat, but I think Villa are a good side. I think Villa will frustrate. So I'm going to go for the 1-1. Fair enough. Yeah, we we're kind of in that pendulum swing where last year we couldn't literally draw anything. And this year we're playing like absolute crap at times and still getting mm-hmm. draws. So, you know what? I'll, I'll match it as well. I'll go one all. Uh, but yeah, of course, Ricky, if there's anywhere that you want to plug right now, feel free to uh, do so. 
Yeah, well, of course, um, we're the last one on Spurs. We're on Twitter at last one on Spurs. We're on Facebook and Instagram too. We're across every major audio platform, iTunes, Spotify, um, like I say, Acast, uh, anywhere you can find a podcast, you can find us. And I know you're going to very kindly also be doing us a preview on our show. So uh, we look forward to hearing that. Absolutely. Wow. Perfect. Well, thank you for your time, Ricky. Of course, great chatting with you. And uh, yeah, back to the regular portion of the podcast. Okay, and we're back just for, I guess, a little bit more, and uh, then we'll wrap things up here on the preview pod. Of course, hopefully you guys are enjoying this. But nonetheless, um, I I guess the one thing I guess we can almost finish on before we go to uh, score predictions, Simon, for you, I guess I've already given mine when I spoke to Ricky, the Spurs fans would be pointless probably to repeat that for myself but I guess the one thing when we look at this game in particular and I was talking with Ricky about this I think Spurs of course before Arsenal had seven wins on the bounce in all competitions and then of course the Derby game is just completely unpredictable and then of course we still don't know the outcome which I imagine we're going to say they're going to lose this one too so it's two losses on the bounce what do you expect from them on Sunday do you think they're going to come out kind of fit and firing and looking for some, I wouldn't say revenge, but looking to atone some of those mistakes? Or do you think this is a kind of opportunity for Villa to catch them kind of off track? And you know what, maybe this is another big scalp we can add to the already impressive season. I think it's definitely an opportunity for Villa to to pick up three points. I mean, it certainly won't be easy, but I think I said um, the um, when we were doing the show after the Newcastle game of the night, that we tend to raise our performance depending on the opposition that we've got. Um, but Tottenham, they're kind of... Uh, they won a, a decent winning streak before the game against Arsenal. But if you actually look at who they were playing, they hadn't really played anyone great. I think two of them were in the Europa League, which they've now just gone out of. And um, the three Premier League wins in a row were against Burnley, Fulham and Crystal Palace. So... Do you know that it's they they weren't play they weren't overly tested, should we say, in those games? And I'd like to think that we'll offer a sterner test than they will. When you looked at them against Arsenal on the weekend, who you know Arsenal have been nothing but a mid-table team all season, and Arsenal dominated that game from start to finish. It was maybe it's only the last five minutes when Spurs sort of had nothing to lose really that they actually had a bit to go um, so I think a lot depends on if Jack is available which I think we both think he, he won't be but even if he's not there's no reason why Villa shouldn't go into that game confidence when you look at some of the, the results we've had against some teams this season performance that we have pulled in okay it's not been brilliant lately but I, I don't think I don't think they're anything special I think they've got a couple of special players in Kane and Son but I don't know if some will be fit for that. But I, they're more than beatable team. I mean, there's a reason they're only one place above us in the league. It's because they've been as inconsistent as as we have been. So I I, don't, I certainly don't think we should be going into that game fearing them or you know trying to play for a draw or anything. We we should be going to try and win that game definitely. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think you said it. Um, I think maybe it was post Newcastle as well, where uh, you said, you know what, like we actually do play better against teams that we probably shouldn't play that well against. And then maybe your traditional top six and all that kind of stuff. So, you know what, it's one of those games. We'll we'll see what happens. I think some people will probably read into it and the negativity online, because we're not 
in like Champions League spots or in fifth place right now is just through the roof, unrealistically stupid in my mind. I mean, just people have to put things in perspective and kind of realize how far we've come. And this is just another step. And you know what? There's going to be some stumbles and fumbles around, uh, along the way. There always is. So I don't really know what people are expecting. But nonetheless, uh, Simon, before we wrap things up here, could I uh, get your score prediction, please? I'm going to go for 2-1 Villa. I'm going to say Ollie Watkins, buoyed by the call to the England squad today, will get back on the goal trail. So, yeah, 2-1 Villa. Fair enough, fair enough. I uh, I went with 1-1, one, one, that's all I'll say on that. But uh, I, I, you know what, I'll, I'll take a point or I'll take three. As long as we don't put another loss on the board, I'll be more than happy. But anyways, guys, uh, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you very much to Simon for joining me. If you want to find him on Twitter, it's at Cy O'Regan. If you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Talk Aston Villa. You can tweet the team at 7500 Holt. Email the podcast, Holtcast at gmail.com. Hopefully a positive result on Sunday and we'll be back I'm imagining Sunday evening and then you'll hear it on Monday for hopefully a positive review. I just, I'm tired of being a little bit pessimistic. So hopefully a little bit of turnaround and fortune fortune can lead us into another good week and another good week leads to less of a pandemic annoyance. But anyways, I'll leave it there and don't forget uh, the villa. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 